The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. season top 10 as at number one the defending champion Alabama Crimson Tide number two the Clemson Tigers number three last year's national runner-up the Georgia Bulldogs number four the Wisconsin Badgers number five the Ohio State Buckeyes number six the Washington Huskies number seven the Oklahoma Sooners and number eight the Miami Hurricanes at number nine the Auburn Tigers and at number 10 the Penn State Nittany Lions so Alabama is going to come into this season with a really huge question, and that's at quarterback. So, Dwayne, I'm going to bring you in and pose to you, who is the better option at quarterback for Alabama? Is it Tua, I can't even say his last name, so I'm not going to try, or Jalen Hurts? Uh, Tua was the freshman who came in for the second half of the national championship game last year, brought Alabama all the way back, had that dramatic touchdown pass in the last seconds to win the game versus Georgia. Or the veteran, Jalen Hurts, who, you know, is a senior this year, has put in all the time and been, you know, pretty consistent there for Alabama. Well, oh, man, this is crazy. Um, I would say, I would say right now, you got to stick with Jalen Hurts. Um, yes, Jalen was ineffective in the game against Georgia, but that also, you got to look at the defense. The defense is pretty solid in that game. And then uh, when uh, Tago Viola, uh, Tua Tago Viola came in and turned the whole game around. And even now, uh, he is one of the one of the Heisman favorites, but he hasn't got up yet. But um, I think if you put Dan in, He's on a short leash, pretty much, and and um, so you really just can't count Jarrett's out. But we saw how short the leash was. Nick Saban had to make a crucial decision in that national championship game, and he put in something that Georgia had never seen before and was not ready for it. We saw the results in a very thrilling game. Um, national championship game a year ago. So, it's a tough situation. I mean, kind of a blessed situation because you got 
two very good and very effective quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts has had a solid record since being a quarterback number one at Alabama, and then uh, Tagovailoa has just as much of a shot to supplant him and have a great season and even be a Heisman pick. So, but like I said, I'll go with Jalen. But on a very, very short leash, very little larger than there. Um, if that doesn't work, yeah, you put Tagovailoa in, and then maybe you kind of just put both of them in, rotate them out, change the pace, see what happens. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, did you foresee maybe them doing kind of like a old Steve Spurrier thing, where you know they kind of split the game up a little bit, where you know he starts out, see who's hot, and then whoever's hot please until he's not so hot anymore and then he brings the other one back in you know how he used to do back in Florida days I, I was thinking that too that's why that's one of the why I mean I kind of alluded towards that because um, you can't go wrong with being a quarterback in the grand scheme of things and you can't go wrong with your quarterback at the end of the day where both teams are looking to um, elevate themselves and be a better version of themselves. So just gotta wait and see. All right. Now, as far as the top ten, uh, the preseason top ten, was there any surprises to you? A, a team that made it in that that got ranked in the top ten that you thought hmm, that's a little high for them to start the season? Mm. No, I think everybody's rightfully ranked right now. I think, of course, Alabama is the uh, top team in the land and. Clemson's right right there along with UGA. Uh, Wisconsin really is a very good team. Ohio State's a tough team, but effective team in spite of all the distractions they've had going on. Uh, Washington is really the sleeper of these of the bunch. They got a huge game Saturday afternoon against Auburn, who's, you know, really gonna be the team that is Alabama's biggest threat. As usual, uh, rivalry game. Both teams are very good. You can't can't wait to see how the season plays out, and you know the Iron Bowl comes into play for what's likely the SC West title. Um, Penn State. I think Penn State was ranked a little bit low, but they're like a piece or two away from really being a a really really threat to the top three up there, and I, I think Miami's ranked ranked where they should be. And we saw the start they had last year and then a very, very ugly finish. So it's kind of like the typical Mark Rick kind of season, um, having a great start and a very not-so-great finish. And the, hopefully the Kings will finish the job. And being a Miami fan, that's what happens. But at least we'll look good doing it. All right. Now, I want to ask you, who do you think has the potential to crash the playoffs who are outside of the top 10 to start the season? So, at number 11, we have Michigan State. At number 12, we have Notre Dame. 13 is Stanford. 14 is Michigan. And 15 is uh, USC, Southern California. So, out of those five teams, which one of those guys has a chance to crash the playoffs? Well, let's see. I'm gonna try to try to be as neutral as I can because you know it's always fun Notre Dame everything. So, um, 
say that Stanford or USC probably has the best chance to crash the party, especially USC. Um, usually it's one of those teams from the Pac-12, uh, along with, um, you know, it's a three-team race in the Pac-12, uh, Stanford, USC, and and uh, UW. But uh, since we're talking about outside the top ten, or I would say that USC has the, probably the best chance in, or really even, let's say right now, is West Virginia. If West Virginia can pull things together, if they can, if they can get the favorable schedule going and they can get down to Oklahoma and beat the Sooners and Norman and win the Big 12 title, they could be on the outside looking in. So that's a possibility as well. I didn't think West Virginia was up, was that good, but looking at the roster, looking at the quarterback situation, they got one more year from Will Greer here, who's a Charlotte product. Um, and I think there's a very, very good chance that they could crash the party. And that will be one huge situation that nobody saw coming. I think it's going to have to start right off the bat, though, out of the gate. But just because of their schedule, Michigan has a chance because they play Michigan State, they're playing Notre Dame, and they're playing Ohio State. And if they can come through those three games unscathed and then, you know, don't slip up. I don't think they play Wisconsin in the season. They'd have to play them in the the Big Ten game. But if they can get those three, and even if they were to maybe lose a close game to Wisconsin, I think Michigan has a chance to sneak in there. Michigan is very good, and they got the quarterback now. Shea Patterson, the transfer from Ole Miss, um, after all the Ole Miss drama that went down in Oxford this over the last several years, they have a good chance. I I can see that as well. I I did kind of omit them out of my top fifteen there. Um, so but I I can see that. I do agree with you there, Doc. All right, so let's get into it. Who do you think? are going to be the four teams to make the playoffs. This has been basically the uh, Alabama Invitational. They've been into the playoffs all four, all three years it's been around, and they've played in the championship game uh, all three years, uh, winning two and losing uh, an all-time classic to Clemson. So uh, your four teams that are going to be in this year's college football playoffs are? Oh, man, you got to already on the spot. Okay. Alabama, of course. Clemson. Um, the reason why I say Clemson because they they are still the kings of the ACC. Uh, they proves how much of a gap they have over everybody else right now. Even as good as Miami can be, uh, they still have they still have the Clemson problem to figure out, and so. Only team that can stop Clemson is Clemson, or if they get a road game in a difficult environment, that could be detrimental to their chances. Um, third, uh, I would say Georgia because Georgia is Georgia's literally right there. Um, 
and they they had Alabama dead to rights until the switch happened and and the tour went wild. So I think that I think Curry Smarts guys have enough to get back to the uh, college football playoff and win it all. But they had to be really, really disciplined and prepare for any kind of any kind of open season. And the last team the last team is gonna be tough, but I'm gonna say on the spot I hate this. Okay. Uh the last team I wanna say is possibly USC. Uh, I think USC can like I said, they were my uh, they were my pitch to crash the party. I think they could get by Stanford. I think they can get by Washington in the Pac twelve title game. I think Clay Helton has those guys on the West Coast ready to go. And and I think they can make noise and find a way to a match up with with um with Alabama. All right. I'm going to go with Alabama, of course. I think Wisconsin is going to make it. I think they're going to have a, a really good season this year. I think Washington is going to represent the Pac-10 uh, or Pac-12 this year. They're going to get a team in there. And then that last team, I'm torn between Clemson and Georgia. I just, you know, I'm not sure about, you know, Clemson's coming back with most of all their players. You know, but Georgia's coming back with, you know, their whole defense except for, you know, a couple of guys. So, um, they had to just put me on the spot. I'd say Clemson just because they're playing a little bit weaker conference overall. So, those would be my four picks. Now, um, as we talk about this, you know, every year it seems like there's a conference or two that's getting left out. Last year it was the Pac-12 they got left out. The year before that, it was the Big 12 that got left out. Um, do you see this thing going to eight teams in the near future? And do you think the change will be that the five power conferences champions will automatically make it and then you get three bids to be at large? I hope it doesn't go to eight teams. I think, you know, we, we've been clamoring for a playoff. We knew this was going to happen. Uh, regardless, uh, regardless of regardless of how many teams you put in, because this is gonna happen every single every single year. It's kind of like the NCAA tournament in basketball. Um, we got four teams. We got four teams in. Well, this team should have been in. That team should have been in. But the thing about it is, though, unlike college basketball, you if you win your conference, you know you going. So this that's kind of the change I would like to make them see is you got these five power conferences. You got, you know, the, S, the ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and um, the Big Ten. So, you know, those are the five majors. So all of those people should be represented if this is a playoff. But, yeah. But we knew what was going. The thing is, I get that and everything, but we knew when this was created that there was going to be somebody left out. 
Yeah, and, I don't. If I was on that committee, if I was one, if I would have saw how that looked with five teams, I would have just tried to push for the eight to start because that means everybody gets every conference gets a share of the playoff money. That then, was poor planning but, on their part. It was poor planning, but you also got to look at, at you got to look at school years. You got to look at classes. I mean, even though we, this is the NCAA we're talking about, it. right? I mean, all, all they're gonna do is it. when they move it. There's so much. There's still so many logistics, though. Right. You have to look at, you know, in order. Then not just. I mean, if you want, if you really want to do the playoff with eight teams, then that long break between the end of the season and the end of the season and the bowl games, you know, maybe you could throw a first or a second round in there. Yeah, that's exactly what would happen. Is that during that long break, you would just put those games in there, then start the boat. In theory, they could always push the season up by a week and then, you know, give you more time on the backside to play the extra college, to play the extra playoff games if they, you know, needed to. Believe me. My, my only concern is, man, okay, we got eight now, whenever a group of five. Is left out. What about the other five conferences? Why are their championships? Why are their champions not in it? So now it becomes, hey, should we go sixteen or should we go, should we go ten or twelve with teams getting a bye? Then you got to worry about if it's it, it's it, like I said, it's just you know the more it's going to be of course boiled down to the power of the dollar, picking the games that. Picking the games that are, you know, prestigious enough as a bowl game to host the host the first and second rounds, and then you got the oh, that would be easy. That would be like the Peach Bowl and the uh, well, Peach Bowl's already there. It's already there. It'd be like whatever the the next lower tier because it's what the sugar the sugar rose, rose orange, orange fiesta. and fiesta right so yeah like the peach bowl would be kind of like that peach next yeah the next tier down those would be the, your you know first round yeah. game sites or whatever so it'd be like peach and cotton and then probably the probably some other game but i know like the sugar orange rose fiesta those are the classes four the then the cotton and peach are the other two. Yeah, so like or the that. Gator Bowl or whatever. So like whatever that next tier just underneath the big that major four are, then those will be your sites for your your four first round matchups or whatever you want to call them. Right. But yeah, I just I'm just really my my just my main concern though is yeah, if we're gonna you know, you gotta first like figure everything out. Logistically, and then, and then, if you're gonna do eight, stick with eight because it's already. I mean, we already got enough debate with the four, and then we expand to eight every single year, every single time we expand this thing. There's always gonna be somebody left out that might be deserving to be in there, and then, and then the whole debate starts again. So. That's why I just say right now, just leave it at four. I get why we should have the conference 
champions all in it. But at the same time, maybe do maybe even do this, you know, put all five, put all five champions in, put a group of five team in, and and then give the top two guys, top two teams to buy, and then go from there. Yeah. With six. Eventually, they've got to find a way to have the, the all the major football conferences it's, it's represented. Going it's yeah. going to happen. I mean, it is going to happen. We, we, I, I mean, um, I see the writing's on the wall because there's going to be too much demand. There's going to be too much debate. Going to be too much complaining from the coaches, from the players, from the fans, uh, from the media like ourselves, and and so. It's going to happen. I just, you know, my thing is if we are going to go ahead and expand it, just get it out of the way now so we don't have those. Because it's going to be an annoying debate. I already know. Right. Just a reminder that this is Know the Score. You can find us on the web at www.cspn.us. You can also find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. So we got our Heisman favorites. Um, We're going to start off with. Bryce Love, the running back out on Stanford. Trace McSorley, the quarterback in, from Penn State. Jonathan Taylor, the running back from Wisconsin. Justin Hubert, the quarterback from Oregon. And Rodney Anderson, the running back from Oklahoma. Those are kind of the five names that people are focusing on uh, at the start of the season. Um, if you had to handicap this race, do you think it's Bryce Love's uh, Heisman to lose? Do you think there's somebody that we're not thinking about? Could this be the year that a defensive player makes their way up into the Heisman talk. Mm, well, I think aside from Bryce Love, it is he is a heavy favorite. Uh, but my, my my focus would be more on Trace McSorley and see what he does with what the weapons he has. I mean, like I said, this team that Penn State has right now, they're loaded offensively. This is the defensive side. That means just a little bit of sweeping, or we could say they are the um, heavy favorites to win the Big Ten, but they are definitely a contender in the Big Ten. I think you could look on you could look on paper and think you got like five, five or six teams that can win this Big Ten title: Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State. Yeah, that's five. Okay. So yeah, you got at least five that can win this conference. Um, McSorley's probably my guy. I want to be keeping an eye on, uh, but it, it it is you could really say it is Bryce Love's um, Heisman to lose, but I think we'll see a lot of competition from the rest of the guys that are in the there among these favorites, and even probably talking about somebody. That ain't on the list. Uh, maybe even Tua, who has been a Heisman pick already. He ain't even been named starter yet. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what goes down this season. I like Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin because uh, we know that if Wisconsin is really good, that their running back is going to be the, the, the key cog of their offense. And, you know, he's going to have a chance to put up some really big numbers against some really good defenses. And if Wisconsin can make their way into the playoff, I think it's going to be strictly on what Jonathan Taylor does. So if there's anybody else besides Bryce Love who's got a really legitimate shot, 
is going to be Jonathan Taylor. He he's really good. He was really good last year, but I think that it can, he kind of caught on late with people. But they're definitely up on him this year. Agreed. I can see that. All right, and then our final little uh, topic is just going to be the marquee matchups for Week One. We have a uh, top ten clash as we have Washington battling Auburn, as you alluded to earlier in the program, Dwayne. We also have Michigan and Notre Dame uh, playing each other for the first time in several years. And Miami is going down to play LSU as LSU is in, I think they're number 25 in the poll. So out of those three games, um, let's go ahead and pick some winners. So who do you think about this Washington-Auburn game is going to be? I think this might be a neutral site game. I don't think it's in Auburn. Yeah, Saturday. It's a Saturday afternoon game and. Yeah, Saturday afternoon game. I am going to go with yeah, uh, this one's in Atlanta. Chick Fil A kickoff. So this one's in Atlanta. Uh, pretty much Auburn's backyard. Right. Um. So I'm going to go with. I'm gonna go with the Tigers. War War Damn Eagle on this one. So, um. I I think Auburn. That intangible having that quote unquote neutral site but it's definitely a uh, SEC country. Uh, Washington Washington can get out of here with the win, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Auburn on this one. Um, if their rushing attack can their rushing attack can get going and and they can suppress uh, they have a good defensive showing, I think they'll go I think they'll win and move up in the polls. So, um, my pick is Auburn. I like Washington's quarterback a whole lot, but I don't think that he's going to be able to overcome because the last time we saw Washington play uh, a SEC team, it wasn't that pretty. So, um, yeah, I just think up front and along the Washington's offensive line versus Auburn's defensive line, I think that's where Auburn's going to win this game. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Auburn as well. Now, uh, Michigan versus Notre Dame, um, classic, you know, uh, rivalry, but they haven't played each other in quite a while. So, you know, basically this is right out the gate for Harbaugh. You know, he's got a little heat building underneath his seat and, uh, you know, it might get turned up a little bit more if they come out here and don't show well against Notre Dame. So who you got in this game? Yeah, I think this is a battle of the – Coaches on the hot seat. I think if Brian Kelly doesn't win this game, his seat might be turned up a little bit more as well. And considering the fact that I hate Notre Dame, every pretty much Notre Dame, everything, almost everything, uh, especially football, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Michigan on this one, just off pure emotion. All right, gotcha. And then last, we're going to have, like I said, Miami. They're going to be facing LSU. Um, really tough test for the Hurricanes. Um, you know, they had a really bounce back year last year, basically on the strength of their defense and their running game. Um, but then, you know, Walton went down and that kind of changed their season around there towards the end of the season. So, uh, who do you see coming out in this game? The <laughs> um, I know that you're a Miami fan, so kind of, uh, is your quarterback good enough to navigate the ACC and not have any hiccups when y'all go play? Um, you know, Wake Forest or North Carolina in a game that they're not really supposed to lose. But, you know, sometimes the Miami quarterbacks decide to, that's the game they like to make the most mistakes in. My, as 
long as this, I would say this, as long as the weather isn't below like 50 degrees, it should be all right. Um, I think that's that was the turning point last year when for uh, Valley Brazier, uh, when when they went to pit in that cold weather game, they did not play the anything below 50 degrees, and life came at them fast pretty quickly. And then the same thing happened in the ACC title game. Um, at Clemson, and they just didn't recover in the Orange Bowl, which was a virtual home game against Wisconsin, and uh, Wisconsin uh, trounced them pretty good. So, but I think that I think if we if the Kings do what their the Kings handle their business, they should at least go into Charlotte, you know, with with the undefeated record, and you know. Hopefully they can be more competitive against Clemson. I mean, the last several meetings, Clemson has trounced Miami pretty good. So um, it's it's gonna have to be something they they have to um, work on. But yeah, I'll take it a week at a time. And this isn't the same LSU team that is that intimidation factor like they have had in the past. Uh, there's a lot of question marks on both sides of the ball that we haven't seen before. So that's why I'm kind of just looking at, I'm not looking over LSU in any way, shape, or form because they are ranked 25th for a reason. They're still a very, very, very good team. And, and, uh, but I think a lot of people are already going with LSU because of the intimidation factor in the past. But I would definitely not count the Canes out in this one. So um, that's why when you go ahead, you know, as a fan, got to support my team and go with Miami. All right. So there's a little bit of the college football preview for the upcoming season. Um, basically, we basically think it's going to be, you know, oh, let me uh, say this. We haven't predicted a champion. Who do you think is going to be the champion when it's all said and done? Does Alabama raise the title again, or do we see somebody different? I hope, and I emphasize the word hope, I hope it's it's a different team. However, realistically, until until they get knocked off the perch, you gotta go with the tide. I mean, to be honest, that's the safest. It's the safest um, bet, but it's also the surest one because that look at what look at the body of work they've done. They've never missed the playoff. I will say this: uh, if Alabama loses two games, they need to be eliminated from the picture because it's just not. It isn't fair to any zero or one loss teams that make it at large over with two losses over over someone else more deserving. So, well, you know, with the college football landscape, it's all about when you lose, right, and who you lose to. So, you know, like I'm looking at this Michigan Notre Dame game, right. You know, if Michigan loses that game and that's the only game they lose and then Notre Dame, who actually y'all know, you know, if Notre Dame, if 
finishes in the whatever. Is it like the BCS where they automatically get a bid or do they have to get voted in too? Because they're not in a conference. I want to say, uh, that's a good question. Let me look that up real quick. I want to say if they do, if they do finish undefeated, they are automatically in, man. So let's see. Yeah, because they got special rules for them since they're not affiliated with a conference when it comes to football. But in in Auburn, I mean, in Alabama's case, they've always lost to a team that was either ranked in the top 10 or in the championship game. And so it's really hard to take away from them losing, you know, a, a close game, you know, to one of these, you know, teams that are right here in the top team, you don't fall that far because the loss isn't that significant. I mean, isn't that bad because you're playing somebody that's comparable to you? Um, while you look up the Notre Dame stuff, I, I think that it's going to be really competitive in the ACC this year, but I think Clemson is going to be battle-tested enough to come out and uh, and and win the championship this year. Bryant has got another year underneath him. He went down last year, and when he came back, he wasn't quite as good. So I think that if he can kind of keep his health uh, through the season, that Clemson's defensive line, they're all four going to get drafted in like the first round of drafts. It's going to be hard to move the ball against those guys. So I, I just think that Clemson, based on defense and uh, the dynamic at quarterback, is going to be the team to beat for the playoff run. Yeah, I think Notre Dame has to be voted in this time. Okay, all right. Because I know in the BCS era, they had special exemptions they, for, they did. For, for, for them. But, um, yeah. yeah, they really need to – gravitate towards somewhere in football. I mean, they should just go ahead and join the Big Ten. I don't know in football. I don't know why they don't. I think they were back about 25 years ago, but they turned it down. Um, but the fact that, you know, even though they haven't had the success they've had in the past, it's still a global brand and they got their own TV deal with NBC. Right, uh, right. And it gives them flexibility to have their schedule any way they want it and they can go play right. a Stanford and USC every year and and you know kind of pick and choose the marquee games that they make marquee. Marquee money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, anything else that you'd like to add before we close this one out Dwayne about uh, this up, uh, uh, upcoming college football season? Uh, how about something on uh the HBCU scene, anything, anything standing out over there this year? Uh, so the Miat Smack Challenge this year is uh, North Carolina Central and Prairie View A and M. Uh, Prairie View actually, they were pretty competitive um, last week against Rice, um, and I think one of the one of the great things about this season is um, it, if you haven't got the ESPN Plus trial uh, for for a month or so, I'll definitely get it because we get a lot of college football games, including HBCU action. Um, the Prairie View lost to Rice 31-28, but they were up quite, they were up for a while in that one. And then, uh, but they get the North Carolina Central Eagles and the Max Pack Challenge. If you already know me, you already know who I'm going for. Go Panthers. Um, I'm not although I'm not for conference unit team when it comes to central. So, um, I would say in the SWAC, of course, you got your 
you got your Grambling's and Southern's. Uh, Prairie View looked looked pretty pretty good as well. I would also say in the East, watch out for Alcorn, uh, Alcorn State. Um, even Jackson State might be a might be a threat in the in the uh, MEAC. A and T uh, still the kings of the MEAC. They actually got a tough road test at East Carolina after beating Jacksonville State over the weekend 2017 in Montgomery. Uh, they got a game man. Uh, the MEAC is loaded again this year. I mean, A&T is the favorite. Howard, led by Cam Newton's younger brother, Kalen Newton. Uh, they are picked to be second in the MEAC this year. Um, going to be very different. Uh, there's no Hampton in the MEAC this year. Hampton has moved on to the Big South. Uh, Central is going to be a threat as well. And, and um. Uh, yeah, so this is like I said, it's gonna be really, really interesting season. Um, and, and we'll see how it goes at this point because um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I think A and T Celebration Bowl, A and T will, will be there yet again against. I would love to see A and T Rambling uh, Part Two. Last year's game was pretty thrilling, so we'll just see how it goes from here. All right. So for my co-host, Dwayne, I'm Don DeLorente, and when it comes to this upcoming college football season, now you know the score.